You're listening to... No, that's not real. You're listening to The Heidi Rue Show. Yeah, that's better. Inspiring. Entertaining. Real. The Heidi Rue Show. You guys are not going to believe this. Okay, I'm sitting here (laughs) with Jessica Goodwin. She is a mom of three boys, two of those boys, twins. Yes. She went from a choir teacher, choir director, background in music education, Mm -hmm. teaches voice, to now she is like the talk of the tech world here in Atlanta with a brand new app called the Mom Squad app. So I'm so excited to talk to Jessica. Her story is fascinating. You'll probably really be able to relate to her if you are a parent. And all of this kind of started with um, an idea that you had after a crazy day. It was one of those times where you're like, oh, I'm on top of things, right? Exactly. I'm, do- I'm so balanced, and yet then all yeah. of a sudden something happened, and you're like, oh, shoot, I need reinforcements. Like, yeah. now, what happened? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having sure. me. And that was quite the introduction, and I'm honored. I'm a huge fan of your show, so thank you. But, yeah, I think that um, – As a mom, we all have those chaotic days, but it was a day when I really thought I had everything under control. You know, my mom, like you said, I'm a mom of three boys and my mom was watching the twins. I had just gone for a yoga practice. I had gone to the grocery store. I was all calm and I got stuck in traffic. Uh And I knew I was going to be 30 minutes late to pick up my son. And I just thought, this is so embarrassing because I have so many friends at the preschool that I knew through church and through the community. And that just really got my wheels turning. And I realized that there was no platform connecting moms to other moms for last minute help. And parenting just changes daily. Yeah. You know, there are those days like the day I had when I thought I had it all together and then surprises come up. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And you just need reinforcements. What are some of the other issues that you have had come up just being a parent going, you know, I could really use help in a situation like this, or I could really (laughs) use help with this. Yeah. I mean, just like I said, so parenting's different Mm -hmm. daily and I am a mom of multiples. And so I think that there are those times when, you know, a child gets sick Mm -hmm. and you might need to take them to the doctor and you need help with your other children or, you know, nanny can't come, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can't always rely on our babysitters mm-hmm. or our family members um, to just be there in a pinch for us. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think what Mom Squad does is we connect moms with other moms for last minute help and moms trust other moms, number one. And so it's really encouraging moms to really behave in a different way Hmm. than we are now. It's it's more, it's like Mom Squad is like a modern throwback (laughs) is how I like to think of it, right? Because like, you know, a long time ago, moms used to work as a tribe. Right. And I, and I know we use this phrase all the time. We're mm-hmm. sick of hearing it. Like it takes a village. Yeah. Um, but it's so true. Um, and what's happening now is we're just, we're ashamed of asking for help. Mm. You know, we want to look like everything's all together mm. all the time. Is that partly due to, to social media? Do you feel like that that has encouraged yeah. that kind of yeah. thought process of, well, This mom has it all together, obviously, from my Instagram feed. (laughs) Right. And so Instagram is like, I love Instagram. Yeah. And I love social media. And it's such an amazing platform. Um, But I think it does give us this false perception of what's really going on. Mm -hmm. Because, like, if I have a migraine headache, I'm not showing it Mm -hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. Or if I'm leaving a fundraising meeting that didn't go well, 
I'm not putting that up on my Instagram. Yeah. Well, and you know? also, isn't a p- being a parent like the most unpredictable job yes. in the entire world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because kids are like, you know, the thing about kids that's that's so beautiful and wonderful is that they're so in touch with how they feel at the moment, and they're just mm-hmm. going to let that rip, right? And so we're going from highs, high, high highs to lows mm-hmm. and meltdowns mm-hmm. and tantrums. Yeah. And so... It's just constantly changing, right? right? And yeah. you got to kind of like run with those mm-hmm. different mood swings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how I would describe a toddler. And, yes. you know, with twins and then an older one in the mix, it's like it's just always throwing you surprises. And mm-hmm. so that's why we really need to, I think, reach out to other mm-hmm. moms and just to open up the discussion about yeah. some days things are awesome and they're great. And then some days like, I am needing some extra help Mm. and I'm needing some support. Yeah. So you thought, oh my gosh, okay, something needs to be in place to be able to provide this. But you were a choir teacher. Right. (laughs) And then now you're this tech leader. I mean, I'm sure it probably wasn't like smooth sailing. So what were some of the hurdles that you faced? I mean, how did that even to start? That's a great question. I think, too, it's just it's a constant evolution and there's constant challenges in being an entrepreneur and being a startup founder. Um, but so that's a great question of like how I transitioned from choir yeah. to tech, right? <laughs> um, they're both so creative. And, you know, I grew up where my creativity was really supported. Like I was always drawing and writing and singing and choir was my thing. And so that was just kind of a natural progression. Um, into music education and I love directing choir and I worked in elementary school and music music um, for middle school and one of the interesting things is after having children I wanted to keep working which I think a lot of moms go through this transition mm-hmm. where you know we've had babies uh, we still want to have our professional life going, um, but we don't necessarily want to go back to work right. full time. Sure. So I started teaching piano and voice lessons um, out of our basement. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of quickly realized I love working for myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I think once you get a taste of that uh-huh. freedom. You do not want to go back. Yeah. I realized I was an entrepreneur. I realized I absolutely loved this, all the different aspects of the business, um, the freedom that came with it. And so at that point, um, and, I, and I was going through some transitions in my personal life as well. But at that point, um, I was teaching lessons. I was, you know, kind of had the idea for Mom Squad. And at some point, an entrepreneur really has to decide, okay, am I going to really pursue this? And it took it took a while. Yeah, honestly, I were mean, there from fears? my idea. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What were some yeah. of the fears? That- I think. <sighs> You know, sometimes it can be paralyzing when you don't know the next steps Mm. to take. Like, I have this idea. I know that it's a problem worth solving. I know that all moms are coming to me and saying that they need this. So how do I really get this ball uh, rolling and and get this product out there Mm. for moms that need it? So what did you figure out? Like yeah, what were those yeah. next steps? Or how so did you... for me, like it took a lot of soul searching. Um, honestly, I, I knew that with an idea and a problem as big as this and, and the solution that we wanted to create, I knew it was going to take a lot 
uh, a lot, and it still is. Uh, it's <laughs> it day is daily. Yeah, I mean, for every startup founder, right? Right. Um, and so for me, it was kind of like making that decision. Okay, am I really doing this? And then taking the steps to reach out and and find not only a mentor but a mentor that had um, extensive experience in the tech space, mm. in the parenting tech space. Right. And I found her through a friend. So I think for anyone that has an idea, first steps would be to really reach out and find the top expert Mm. in that field and get in touch with them. Yeah. And then start applying for accelerator programs, for scholarships, you know, depending on what industry you're in. It's all about reaching out and not Mm. being afraid to reach out and having the right person to guide you and say, okay, these are the next steps. Right. So then we get a small round of funding together, you know, friends and family. We do our branding. We do our prototype. I just went through this amazing program at the Atlanta Tech Village uh, for a pre-accelerator for females and minorities in tech. And that was really huge for mm. our growth and development. Was there any time that you thought, uh-oh, I don't know if this is going to work, or this is just a lot harder than I thought yeah, it would be? absolutely. <laughs> You're like, yeah. which time? I, <laughs> right? I, <know. laughs> I think that all entrepreneurs go through this daily like there's highs and lows because there's always going to be the next challenge Mm -hmm. and the next piece of the puzzle to solve Mm -hmm. but one thing that um, you know all of us that went through the program at the tech village is we all have this ability to just keep going right because we have this passion Mm -hmm. and this persistence for the problem that we're solving Mm -hmm. and the solution that we're providing but I think you know our main obstacle has been you know, of course, you need a significant amount of funding mm. for a marketing budget for a consumer yeah. product. And so that's been one big thing. But we have an awesome team. I have a great developer um, and just so many wonderful people around us mm. um, supporting Mom Squad. One of your missions, you said, is yes. to kind of really encourage and inspire other women to get into tech. Because I bet there's not a lot of women that Absolutely. are in, in tech. What have you found and why, why do you care to inspire people like that? I think that this is so important um, that we look at the numbers and the numbers are that less than 5% of tech products are founded by females. Wow. So it's crazy to think about because if you think about our day-to-day lives, like we use tech for everything. Yes, yeah. Um, and so... Just to know that less than 5% of these products are actually founded by females. Mm. We think about what, um, and this is nothing against men. No, like, totally. Not man-hating right. at all. Right. Like uh, Technology is just, is just a very um, male-dominated field. Um, but I think that technology is intimidating for women. I think for a couple of reasons, and I think... Um, one of the reasons is that most developers are men. More women are learning how to code. But if we don't know kind of the landscape around how to talk tech, mm-hmm. thinking about creating a tech product and working with a developer yeah. is very intimidating and that can be paralyzing. We're into where somebody's just like, well, I'm just not going to do it because I just don't know anything about code or, you know, what a back-end API is, right. all these acronyms. I just have I no clue. I don't know what a back-end API is. Yeah, like, I mean, I just learned. Like, yeah. You know, like a couple of months ago, I was like, we were changing our back-end API, and I was like, okay. So that's part of it. Hmm. 
Um, and then technology, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you look at these numbers and you realize how kind of imbalanced things are. And so we have to look at what um, the feminine perspective can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we don't want to make too many generalizations, but right. I mean, as a whole, like females are, we are very creative mm-hmm. and we have so much to bring to tech. And if we're using tech all day long for everything, yeah. think of all of the amazing products that can be created by females. Right. Who, you know, we bring emotional intelligence, creativity, you know, flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so bringing that emotion into tech is the coolest. change the world. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I'm like, more girls. Like, we need more women in this field. Yeah. We need the men, too. Sure. I mean, absolutely. we need, everybody. Like, yeah. Right. We, we need everybody. But the thing is, is that it's attainable. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think it seems so far out there because you can't necessarily see it and touch it. Mm-hmm. But if you can think it, there is a developer that can develop it. That's awesome. You said it perfectly. If someone is like you that says, oh my gosh, I totally can relate to Jessica. I feel like I have this idea mm-hmm. um, for something that it would be a tech solution, but I have no idea where to start. Is Are there three lessons maybe that you can give us that you've learned that yeah. would help somebody else take their idea to mm-hmm. a tech solution? I think first of all, do your research. See what's out there in the marketplace currently. Um, but that shouldn't stop you. Even if you are solving a problem that's already being solved, I mean, still go after it because everyone executes problems differently. Um, So that shouldn't stop you. And then I would say um, research and find a mentor um, in your field. And so here in Atlanta, we have uh, the Atlanta Tech Village. We have ATDC. Um, there are groups for women that you can get plugged into and find kind of that support network. And then it's all about finding the right developer for your project. Huh. And, and I think that um, we got really lucky because our developer has a lot of experience in the tech space. He's brilliant. He's a fully stacked developer. But one thing that it makes women hesitate to get into the field of tech is we don't necessarily know the landscape, especially in our generation. Oh, right? Yeah. I was like, are we zennials? Um, I think we're exennials. Exennials. That's what I've heard. But yes, Jessica and yeah. I were just talking about this. We're, she's 30. Well, can I say? Yeah. I don't no, know if I can yeah. say it. Oh, oh absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just outed your age. Um, 36 and I'm 37. So we're yeah. like on that line of millennials right. and baby. No. Yeah. Gen X. Gen X. Gen X. X. Um, So, yeah. yeah, So our generation has this really unique perspective on life without tech Mm -hmm. and then life with tech where we have overload of options. Yeah. Right. Like it can be almost so anxiety causing to have so much at our fingertips. Like we have everything right now. Mm -hmm. Like we can get on and swipe and see who's there. We can get on and order something and it'll be here tomorrow. Um, But but we grew up without that. Yeah. You know, we can like, want something for dinner and yeah. they can deliver it. Thank you, Postmates. <laughs> or we were like getting off the bus and just running around. And, <laughs> right. you know, like my mom knew I was probably down two exactly. doors down. Like yeah. it didn't didn't matter. It was so much simpler. And so I think like where, where we can come in. Sorry, I'm laughing that you said that because I remember when my parents used to say that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Life in my day was right. so much simpler. <laughs> and that's the thing is I, I do feel, yeah, it makes you feel kind of old. But at the same time, 
um, our generation is always going to have like these two sides of the coin, yeah. right? Because Facebook was coming out when mm-hmm. I was in college, and then our culture and our behavior really changed. Right after that, oh, I mean, yeah. everything has changed. Yeah. Um, and so, if we can use technology as a throwback and kind of use tech to simplify, I think that um, that's what we bring to the table. Mm-hmm. That's what our generation. Brings. I love that you said use tech to simplify because mm-hmm. I think so many people have an idea that it just <clears throat> is more complicated. But I love that you yeah. view it as no, this is just simplifying some problems that we have. This really can bridge the gap between stuff stuff that we need, you know, and we can have Absolutely. at our fingertips. Yeah. You mentioned uh, that it's so important to find a good developer. Mm-hmm. How do you find? I mean, are there like app developers at every corner yeah. or <laughs> well, <laughs> every corner? If you go down to the With tech the village, sign, you, yeah. you will find I one. I am an yeah. app developer. I, you know, I would do your research there. Yeah. Because, you know, there are a lot. And so I would reach out to, you know, top industry professionals and then I would um, get recommendations and mm-hmm. I, and I would um, do interviews with lots and they should give you a free estimate okay so get some estimates gotcha. um kind of look at the work that they've done make sure it's in your industry mm-hmm. and in you know your space that you're in that your business is in um, because ultimately the goal is to scale and um, you need to know that that person has a really great reputation and track record in the field that you want to be in because that is your precious baby. Um, your code is your product. Mm. And that's the thing about being in tech is we can't necessarily see it. Yeah. But it it's there. It's, right. It's real. It's yeah. reality. But the code is, you know, it's your baby. And so you got to be really careful there. Sure. That makes sense. And having the estimates would help you know how much to fundraise for yes. as well, right? Yes. So we didn't even talk about this mm-hmm. as a potential question, um, but I wanted to ask you, what is something that you've learned about fundraising? Because I know for mm. me, that would be a really tough, <laughs> tough <laughs> aspect. <laughs> oh I would say it is, yeah, it's very challenging. Yeah. Um, I would say try and do as much on your own as you can. And we call that in the startup world bootstrapping. Oh, okay. um, And so that's being really creative with your resources, mm. right? Okay. So bootstrapping is using your own funds, mm-hmm. your own personal funds, or, you know, next and this is still considered bootstrapping phase that's going to be your friends and family okay okay and so once you get to that point and and you've kind of like you've tapped into your circle and then consumer products and companies they they do need you know they need that funding to scale especially consumer product tech products here in the south they just do and so then what you're going to want to do is at that stage you're looking at either you know private investors or angel groups, um, even some VCs, and start, you know, have a really good pitch deck, have your prototype, have your your data, have your team, you know, you need to come to the table uh, with all these different things before you start seriously fundraising. You need to know uh, why you're fundraising. Like, they're going to want to know specifics. Hmm. So um, you need to know the terms for your round. You, you need to know what your ultimate goal is for the round. And then you need to know um, 
as the startup founder, like how much am I spending every month? You know, how much am I paying this person for a salary? You don't need to know the exact specifics, but you can't go into a meeting um, not knowing exactly what you need and why. Right. And so I think clarifying all of those points Mm. prior to a meeting is, is what you need. And then fundraising too, the interesting thing that I found is it's exhausting, but it's it's so tiring, right? Because I mean, I like, remember on, uh, standing on the side of the corner with my Krispy Kremes <laughs> fundraising as a kid for mission trips. This is like, the same I thing. Should... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it is because like you're putting yourself, but like even like, yeah, with the Krispy Kremes, like yeah. you're saying like, <laughs> I want to go on a mission trip and this is like what I'm doing, right? right? And so there's like, it's at the core it's so similar to mm. fundraising on any scale because you're putting, you know, your idea and your company um, out there. So you're, you're really putting um, your work out there. Yeah. And so it can be internally, it, it can be tough on a founder because, you know, if you're having all of these meetings and, and they keep saying, well, circle back around with me when – do this and then I'll see you then. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense mm. because companies need growth and they need scale and right. it might not be the right partner. Yeah. It might not be the right timing for them. Mm-hmm. It might not be the right um, company yeah. for them. And so we have to look at this as a continual process and really as like every meeting, just trying to take something positive out of it and saying, we're just going to keep this relationship building that's great I love that and so because I really thought oh just simple process right like I created a product I have a team it's amazing who wouldn't say yes to this like we're doing this and it's just it's a it's a different process than than I thought but you know the more I dig into it and the more we learn um about scaling is that you know you're always going to be raising Mm -hmm. to get to that next level yeah can so, I ask you some yeah. definitions of a couple of things that you just said? Yeah. Um, just because, you know, I'm not a techie. Oh, that's um, okay. Or, that's okay. I mean, yeah. I'm an entrepreneur, but it's not to the degree that you are. But, um, okay, so when you say to scale, what mm-hmm. do you mean by that? Well, it can mean lots of different things depending on, you know, what your company is. But I think for a consumer tech product, um, to scale, you need a marketing budget. But and I mean, that's that meaning is just taking it somewhere. Is that kind of just Taking like, the growth to the next level. Got it. Right. Okay. Okay. So I see. I see. the number of customers and then okay. the number of employees that I have you know, the budget to pay. Right. Okay. So So you want to go in with a plan of like, okay, what's, where do we want to go from there? And then where do we want to go from there? Exactly. So like, what's our 12 to 18 month plan? I see. And we'll spend X amount a month on marketing and then have, you know, X amount for these salaries for developer, for customer service, for insurance, for everything that needs to be in place. Gotcha. Um, and so for some companies, it's different, right? Because they have products that they can sell mm-hmm. and they can just go out there and already have that revenue. Okay. So as a mom to three boys, I wanted to ask you, just mm-hmm. as a mom to other moms that are listening, mm-hmm. what is one of the biggest lessons <clears throat> that you've learned just as a parent that has helped you be a better parent? Yeah. I think that really, that's such a great question because there's there's so many. I mean, you learn so many lessons in parenting, um, but the one is flexibility. 
Mm. Right. Like we have to be flexible um, and and know that um, every day is different and that every child is different. And so the way we parent every child is different. Um, and I think that really just being okay with things kind of being up and down. Mm. Yeah. And being a bit crazy. Right. Right. Embrace the crazy. Embrace the crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Embrace the chaos. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. That's great. And get the mom squad. App. Yes. Yes. Get mom squad. So speaking of, tell people, because it's still in the, the early stages for yeah. mom squad app. It will be coming out very soon. It will. Um, but I want you to tell people what they can expect from the app. Like, mm-hmm. what are some of those solutions to the problems that the Mom Squad will help solve? Yeah. Or so, the, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, and focusing on the, solu- the solution is <laughs> is so great. So what we've done is we've you know, created this application for moms so that they can get on-demand help last minute um, because moms trust other moms. And so what the app does is it gives moms the ability to go on and say, I need help right now. Like, I'm in a pinch. Um, and then a mom in need who might want to earn some extra money is able to really come to her rescue oh, and help awesome. her out. Um, because sometimes we can't always rely on our family members, our mm. babysitters. So it's really just created a way for for you to get help, for moms to get help in a way that doesn't feel awkward. Because they so. that mom's been there. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I know what this is like. I know what exactly. it's like to get stuck in traffic exactly. and you have to pick up your son from and school. And moms want to help. Right. Too. And moms want to help. And there are those days when we can help. That also yeah. helps with the trust factor. Like, yeah. Okay, wait. If she knows my friend. And it's, yeah, it's geolocation. So it's connecting you to moms that are already right by you. Mm-hmm. They're connected with you. And there's no weird factor yeah. because you already know that they're signing up to help. Right. 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 Like mm-hmm. when you sign up for Mom Squad, you say, I would be willing to help with these things. Or no, I'm just using Mom Squad because I need help. Mm-hmm. Either one is fine. That's awesome. Yeah. So Thanks. up until the point that the Mom Squad app goes live, yes. How can people follow along and you know be a part of this community and see and and just stay on top of things too when when it releases and everything. That's a great question. So we are um, we're currently our number one platform is on Instagram and it's momsquad.app. Okay. And we have built just such a great community of moms here in Atlanta and we do events and we have a yoga event coming up next month. So follow us on social, join our community, come to our events and um, and watch out for our next release. Jessica, thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank oh my you gosh, for thank you. the bravery that you had in just saying, okay, I got a solution. <laughs> I don't know much about <laughs> tech, but we're going to make this happen. And I just think that is so, so brave. So thank you so much for sharing. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. It was yeah. an honor. As a Georgia peach, she loves pleasing people, so she wants to know how she can improve the show. So let her know, either on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Heidi Rue. Also be kind, because she's my wife. And if she has a bad day, then I'm really going to hear about it. 